try something different this morning. This is either going to be really cool and memorable or it's going to be a complete disaster. Actually, those two could go together. Um, but uh, if I could have all the kindergarten through fifth graders just come on up here in the front and uh, as we study God's word together. So any kindergarten through fifth graders want to come up here if they'd like. And you guys can sit up here on the stage. I've got little steps here cleared out for you. We'll see who's got the wildest pajamas. Yeah, you're a contender. Wow. That's kind of a visual train wreck, son. Yep. All right, come on up, guys. Oh, whoa, there we go. I think we have a winner. Wow. So here's a question for you guys. Do you guys have any friend at school, or do you know some kid at school who's, like, super bossy? Is always telling you, you do? Yeah. Yeah, always telling you what to do. They're the kind of kid that, like, you start a game, and then they come into the game, and they start changing the rules. They tell you, like, oh, we're not going to do this. We're going to do that. Do you guys have – is anyone here super bossy? Any of you guys super bossy? You like to boss people around? Yeah. That's cool. That's some honesty. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, you, you know, do you guys ever say to someone, like, you're not the boss of me? Because you don't want them to boss you around. Yeah. Yes. You know, grown-ups don't like bossy people either. Grown-ups, even people who are supposed to boss grown-ups around, grown-ups don't like them. You know, we don't like, we don't like policemen who tell us how fast to drive. We don't like, grown-ups don't even like it when their boss at work bosses them around. Which is funny because that's what they're supposed to do. But um, we don't like that either. We don't, we don't like anyone who makes rules and tells us what to do or changes the rules. Well, we're, I want to study just a Bible story with you guys this morning that uh, is about a very bossy person in the Bible, a person who comes in and tells everybody, stop doing it that way, I want you to do it this way, and he's changing all the rules and he's messing everything up. He's super bossy and people don't really like him. But here's the funny thing. Guess who the bossy person is in the story? Anyone make a guess? Yeah, Jesus. He's the bossy person that nobody likes in this story. So, would you uh, adults open your Bibles to Luke chapter, I'm sorry, John chapter 2. And I'm going to hand these out to you kids so you guys can have a copy of the story. You want to pass these down? Here you go, take one and pass it down. Take one and pass it down. This is the story we're going to read. This is the verses that your parents are reading in the Bible. There you go. Take one and pass it down. Looks like we might need some more over here. You definitely are winning the the, uh, nasty PJ contest. Wow. That is remarkable. Hey, you want to take one and pass it down? Okay. John chapter 2, verses 13 to 22. Who's a good good reader who could probably read this? Do you want to try this, Tatum? You want to try to read this for us? What's that? Bryn, sorry. I just called you by your sister's name. Wow. That was awkward. Okay. Do you want to stand up and read for us? Okay. Go ahead and read John chapter 2 for us, verses 13 to 22. Yeah, just read that. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found men so selling cattle, sheep, and, and doves, uh, and others 
sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple area, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, get these out of here. How dare you turn my father's house into a market? His disciples remembered that it is risen, seal, written, zeal for your house will consume me. Then the Jews demand, demanded of him, what miraculous sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all this? Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and I will raise it up again in three days. Twenty, uh, the, I mean, the Jewish pe- replied, it has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you are going to raise it in three days. But the temple he had spoken was of was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the, script, the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. Good job. All right, so if you guys look at your piece of paper, look at verse 13. It says it was almost time for the Jewish Passover. You guys know how Christmas and Easter are like, as Christians, like our most specialist of all holidays? Well, if you were a Jewish person, Passover was probably the most special holiday. Does anyone know what time of year... Passover was? Was it spring, summer, fall, or winter? Anyone have a guess? When was the Passover? What do you think? Fall. No, that's not in fall. I'll take another guess. Spring? That's right. It was in the spring. Actually, it's the same time as Easter is when the Passover was. And you guys, do you guys go to the mall with your parents and, and uh, shop any of those days? Do you see how crazy the malls were? Swarming with people. You know, your parents try to get a parking space, and they were yelling at people in the car. You know that? That's how it was in Jerusalem during the Passover. It was crazy. It was packed. There was a million people there. R- really, there were actually tens and hundreds of thousands of people who came to Jerusalem. And if you guys look, look there, it says in verse 14. You guys look at it on your pieces of paper now. It says, verse 14, In the temple courts, Jesus found men selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. Now, what do you guys know about the temple in Jerusalem? It was, it was a really special place. It was kind of the most special place for the Jews. Why was the temple so special? What was so special about the temple? Yeah, what do you think, Will? Uh, it's where uh, they worship God. That's right, they worship God. And why did they especially worship God in the temple? Where did, where did God sort of dwell on earth? In Israel? That's right, in Israel, and specifically in the temple. So the temple was like God's house on earth. It's where God dwelt. It's where he lived. So here's Jesus in the most special holiday of the Jews, in the most special city, in the most special place, in the temple where God himself was. And he came in, and what did he see, guys? There were people selling cattle, sheep, Doves, some people exchanging money. 
It was like Old MacDonald had a temple. E-I-E-I-O. And all the different animals they heard. You imagine walking into church and just hearing like, bah, moo. There's animals everywhere, people changing money. And the reason they did that is because people were coming from all over the world to Jerusalem. And so they're coming from out of the country and they needed to change their money in so they could have the kind of coins that they took at the temple. And, and if you're traveling from around the world, you're probably not going to bring your sheep with you. So when you got to Jerusalem, you would buy a sheep. But what was different was during Passover, they let all of these people come into the temple. And so it was kind of crazy in there. So they walk into the temple area and instead of what Will was saying, instead of there being like worship going on and singing and praying, there was buying and selling. And so this is when Jesus kind of went crazy and got kind of bossy. And so, and so what did he do? Someone want to tell me what Jesus did? All right, Will's going to be my fallback guy. Anyone else over here? Anyone want to tell me what Jesus did when he went to the temple? Yeah. He prayed to God. He did praise God. He did. He worship, And in fact, he worshiped God in an interesting way. He, he honored God in a way that others weren't. Do you want to try? What did he do when he saw all those animals and tables? He overturned the tables. That's right. He overturned the tables. Could you guys imagine? You want to say something too? He made a whip out of cords. Yeah, he made a whip. He went all Indiana Jones on them. That's right. Could you, now, you guys imagine. Imagine if I had a table here full of coins and I tipped it over. What do you think would happen? What do you think you guys would do? Let me ask you this. Have you ever seen a pinata at a party? You guys know when like the pinata finally pops and all the candy and you guys all like do one huge lunge and knock your heads together and go for the candy? Imagine all the, all the money on the ground. Imagine all the animals running. I mean, it was crazy. Jesus came in and just acted all bossy. He started telling everyone. Look what he says. Look at number 16. Everyone look at your piece of paper. Number 16, verse 16. He said, get these out of here. How dare you turn my father's house into a market? That's crazy. Jesus, that'd be like if someone came into here right now while we were having this nice Christmas service and they started kicking poinsettias and pushing music stands over and then someone got a whip and and started whipping you guys and drove you out of here. Get these kids out of here, you know? Could you imagine? We'd be like, what in the world is going on? that's what Jesus did. It was pretty wild what Jesus did. He was acting very bossy. He he was telling people what to do. He was saying, you can't do this here. Think about that. Jesus went to the temple, which is God's house, and he acted like he had the authority to say what could and couldn't be done. But, you know, if you think about Jesus, he was kind of bossy in a lot of ways. He often would go to people. You guys know the stories of the disciples. He would come to a disciple, and he would find a disciple standing there. And what would he say to the disciple? He would say two words, follow me. That's pretty bossy, you know? Imagine being at work, and some guy just walks up to you and says, follow me. And who are you to tell me to follow you? But that's what Jesus did. He would say, follow me. And that people would come to him with demons or sicknesses, and he would say to the demons or the sickness, leave, and it would leave. Or he was in a storm once, and he said, be still, and everything was still. He was a very bossy guy. What were some other things Jesus told us to do? What were some other commands? He gave us a lot of commands, too. What were some commands Jesus gave us? Anyone think of one? Anyone? 
All right, I'm going to go to Will, unless you guys can come up with one. All right. Do not steal. That's right. That's right. Do not murder. That's right. In fact, he even said, don't hate your brother in your heart, because that's just the same as murder. Do not lie. Do not lie. He told people to believe in him. He told people to trust him. You know, uh, one more down here. Josiah. Love everyone. That's right. He told us to love. Jesus was always telling people what to do. Oh, you have one too? All right, fire up. Worship. Worship. That's right. (laughs) Good job. He told us to worship. He's telling people what to do all the time. He was a very bossy person. And, and, he, and he even went into the temple and said, you can't do this here, you have to do it that way. Now, how do you think that made the people in charge of the temple feel? What, what, what do you, how do you think they would react to that? You think they were happy and said, oh, sure, Jesus, go ahead and kick over everything. We like that. Yeah, not so much, Josiah. They did not like it at all. <laughs> That's right. They did not like it at all. In fact, look what they said to him. Everyone look at your piece of paper. Look at verse 18, number 18. Then the Jews demanded of him, what miraculous sign can you show us to prove your authority to do this? You come in here telling us how to worship in our temple. Who are you? Who made you the boss of us? Why do you think you can do this? You know, if a policeman uh, wants to stop me in my car and tell me to slow down or give me a ticket or if a policeman wants to arrest me, how do I know the policeman has the authority to do that? What, what does the policeman wear that lets me know he has the authority? All right, William's dying. Bill, Will, you've just been dying over here. What, what does he have? Wait, what does he have? What does the policeman wear that lets me know that he has authority to tell me what to do? Um, they have, like, police logos on, and sometimes they have caps on and protective armor. Yes, protective armor, Yes. Kevlar. I tend to listen to people in Kevlar. Yes. What else is he wearing? You were close. Special badges. Yeah, that's right. You were going like that, right? Yeah, what else? Weapons. Yeah, weapons. Yes. (laughs) I do tend to listen to people with weapons. Yes. But they have a badge that's sort of like says, I have the authority to do this because I have a badge that says I have been approved and authorized by the government to stop your car or tell you to do things. So when I see someone with a badge, I say, oh, that's someone who has special authority. So they're kind of saying to Jesus, Jesus, you knocked over the tables, you drove out the animals, where's your badge? Show us that you have the authority to do this, right? And that's what they said. Again, look at verse 18. What miraculous sign can you show us to prove your authority? If you're going to come into God's house and tell us how to worship God a certain way, then you better have God's authority. And the only way we know you have God's authority is if you do a big miracle. So if you do a miracle, then we'll believe you can do this. So guess what? Jesus offers them a miracle. Verse 19, what's the miracle? Guys, look at your pieces of paper. Number 19, Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. That's a pretty big miracle. You know, imagine if, if someone said about this building, destroy this building and I'll rebuild it in three days. Who, who was here while we were building this building? You guys, you guys watch it. Go, you guys come to church last year. You walk every day through the parking lot. And some days there'd be like steel beams up. And then the next Sunday there'd be a little wall up. Remember that? 
took like a whole year just to build this. Yeah. Guess how long it took to build the temple? Look at verse 20. The Jews replied, it has taken 46 years to build this temple. And you're going to raise it in three days? In fact, it actually took another 40 years after this to finish the temple. So it took about 85 years total to build this temple. So this was like 46 years into the building project. And uh, this is a big building project. And Jesus says, if you knock this temple down, I'm going to rebuild it in three days. What was he thinking? He was gonna, how could Jesus rebuild that temple in three days? How is that possible for him to do that? I mean, that's a real miracle to build a huge, enormous stone building in three days. What, 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 what was going on there? Anyone have a clue? Look at the next verse, verse 21. The temple he had spoken of was his body. What does that mean? Jesus' body was, he was saying, my body is the temple. Why did Jesus call his body the temple? So, you want to try one? He would die on the cross and then be raised again in three days. That's right. He was talking about his body being destroyed on the cross and rising again in three days. So why would he call his body the temple? Because he said temple, and they thought he was talking about all the bricks and things, but he was talking about his body. What, what was he talking about? Anyone? Did you, do you have an idea? What's that? Easter. Yep, that's when he was raised from the dead. But why is his body the temple? Let me ask you this. Who lives in the temple? Yeah. God lives in the temple. Yeah, what were we going to say? Jesus is God's. Jesus is God's. Jesus is God. Jesus was God in the flesh. You know, we have a special Christmas name for Jesus, Emmanuel. Does anyone know what Emmanuel means? Yeah, Avery, you got a shot. What's that? God with us. God with us. God with us. That's right. That was his Christmas name. We call him Jesus, but he was called, but, you know, God with us because he was God in the flesh. Just as the temple was a special house where God lived, Jesus was the special place where God dwelt. So before, there, if you wanted to meet God, you had to go to a building. And now Jesus says, look, this is God right here. He was God in the flesh. And so he said, if you destroy this temple, I'll raise it again in three days. And they said, oh, that's silly. No one can do that. But you know, the funny thing is, like you guys pointed out, they did destroy it on the cross. And it was raised in three days on Easter. And so that was his authority. So he did show a miracle to prove that he had authority to tell us what to do. Jesus can boss us around because Jesus is Lord. Can you guys, everyone say that, with, you guys say this with me, all right? I want you to say, Jesus is Lord. All right, let's hear the adults say that too. If, if you believe it in your heart, say it with me. Jesus is Lord. And because he's the Lord, he can tell us what to do. And he has authority, and he proved it because he rose from the dead. You know, Jesus, uh, the Bible says that the church is the temple of the Holy Spirit, that the church is his temple. Not this building, not any building, but the people and the members of the church are his temple. The Holy Spirit lives among us. Not quite in the same way that Jesus was the temple, But the Holy Spirit is among his people in the church. And that means 
Jesus can tell us what to do. He can tell us how to worship. You know, when when we gather to worship here, just as he told the Jews how to worship, Jesus tells the church how to worship. And that's why we open up our Bibles to find out what we're supposed to do or not supposed to do in worship. We, We don't just kind of do whatever we want when we gather in worship. We try to see what the Bible tells us about how to worship because Jesus tells his temple how to worship. That's why, you know, that's why we're, hey guys, you know it's Christmas morning? Do you guys know that? Yeah, I figured you did. Did it, does anyone like have more presents at home? They're dying to get home and unwrap. Yeah, yeah, you guys are, cra- this is getting hard to sit here, isn't it? Yeah. So why did we come to church this morning? Because it's the Lord's day and we're here to worship the Lord. No matter what day it is in the, the, the world's calendar, this is the Lord's day, yeah. What's that? It's Jesus' birthday. It is Jesus' birthday. That's right. This is when we celebrate it. And so Jesus is Lord, and he tells us when to worship. Jesus says other things about the church. Here's some other things Jesus says about the church. Have you guys ever heard these? Love one another. Forgive one another. Pray for one another. Greet one another. Accept one another. Bear with one another. Be patient with one another. That's what the church is supposed to be like. It's supposed to be a community of people who love each other. I wonder if Jesus came to our church, if there would be any tables he would need to kick over, or if there would be anything he would want to drive out. I wonder if if he came and looked at our church, not just what we do in the building on Sunday morning, but in how we, we talk to each other. If there's anything Jesus would say, this does not belong here. That attitude does not belong there. This is not how my church is supposed to be. Jesus wrote seven letters to seven churches in the book of Revelation. And he had words for each of them. Things that he wanted them to change. Because he's the Lord of the church. This is his temple. And he can tell us how he wants us to be. Did you guys also know, check this one out. Not only is the church his temple, but if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, it says in the Bible that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You guys, if you're a Christian and the Holy Spirit dwells in you, you are a temple. Not in the same way Jesus was the temple, but in the sense that the Holy Spirit is with us. And so Jesus also has our lives, and he looks at our lives and he says, you know, I want you to obey me with your life. Let me ask you the same question. If Jesus were to come and talk to you or me personally about our lives, is there anything in our lives that he would say, get this out of here. Kick that table over. This does not belong in one of my children. This is my temple. This is supposed to worship me. All right, Will, you going to tell us something? This is kind of interesting, yeah. Sin. Sin, that's right. Yeah, he would... Is there sin in our lives that that Jesus would say, if you belong to me, this doesn't belong in you? And he has the right to tell us that. And so part of being a Christian is not just believing in Jesus as a cute little baby, but believing that he is the Lord and he has authority over our lives. Isn't it funny that we want to run our own lives? And yet, which, if any of you guys, let me ask you kids one last question here as the attention span slips away. Here's a question. Has anyone here ever done a miracle like being raised from the dead? No. 
No, no miracle workers here. So why do we think we are authorized to be the bosses of our own lives? Why do we think we would know what life is about? But Jesus did rise from the dead. So why wouldn't I obey him? He's the only one who actually has the badge, and yet I've never done any miracle, and I think, well, why shouldn't I run my own life? But he's the Lord, and we follow him. And Jesus comes to us and says, every day, follow me today. And some days we follow, and some days, eh, I think I'll be the boss for a while. Usually doesn't end up well. But he's coming and he's saying, follow me. You know, Jesus says to each one of you kids, he says, follow me. Follow me. And you guys, God is calling you to follow him. Even as little kids, can little kids follow Jesus? He's calling you guys to follow him at a young age. And I would just encourage you, don't waste your lives not following Jesus. Save yourselves a lot of sorrow and grief and follow him from a young age. And for all of us here, no matter where you're at, we can just start by following him again because he's the Lord and he proved it because he rose from the dead and he died for our sins. So even if we've spent a whole life of not following and we say, I I got too much not following baggage to make up for, don't worry about it. He died for that. And he calls us right now to follow him. All right, you guys want to pray? Let's pray together. What do you say? Let's bow our heads. Lord, I thank you for the fact that you are Lord. We say Lord so often and we so rarely stop to think about everything that implies. Lord Jesus, we, we offer up our church to you. And pray, Lord, in this congregation, that if there is anything that needs to be driven out, knocked over, and replaced... Lord, would you do that in our church? If there are relationships that, that aren't the way that would be pleasing to you, if there are attitudes, if, there's, if there are trends in our church, Lord, would you make this church pleasing in your sight and clean us and help us to follow you? Lord, I pray for each and every one of us that our lives would be surrendered to you, that you would not look into our lives and see all kinds of things set up in your temple that don't belong. Lord, I pray, make us a church that loves you. Make us individuals that love you. And Lord, I pray for these children who are here. I pray for the little kids we hear singing throughout the building this morning. I pray, Lord, for all the children of this church. Lord, would you please get a hold of their hearts at a young age and and just spare them the grief of disobedience and waywardness. And may these children meet Christ. And Lord, I also pray for the, the person here who's halfway done with their life, three-quarters done with their life, and they have not walked with you, Lord, I, I just pray that you would show them that if they are willing, that you can make them clean and that you can forgive, that we can start following you at any time because you are the Lord, you are risen, and we praise you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.